Welcome to Asset Blocks Business Owner Edition because wealth creation is different for Australian business owners. Today, we're going to be jumping into wealth creation where most business owners go wrong. So let's cue the disclaimer. Charlie here from Asset Blocks, and I need to let you know that this is a disclaimer. Grant, myself, and the Asset Blocks team are in no way, shape, or form qualified to give you personalized financial or investment advice. We're merely sharing our own experiences and opinions, but you should absolutely seek the help of professionals before acting on anything you hear in this podcast or on our brand. This episode is important because just like Keith Cunningham said in the book, The Road Less Stupid, it's not about making the right choices. It's about making less of the wrong decisions. And it's the exact same with wealth creation. So if you're an Australian business owner who is on their wealth creation journey and is looking to learn from Charlie and my experiences and the wrong turns that we've made, this episode is exactly for you. And if you want to download or get access to anything that we talk about, head over to assetblocks.com.au where you can get access to this podcast as well as more tools and guides as well. And if you did like the show, be sure to subscribe or share it with someone else who's in the very similar situation. Now, without further ado, let's get into the episode. All right, wealth creation and mistakes. Charlie, we've seen this. We've been part of it. Go on, share it. What's been your biggest, most expensive mistake? And how much did it cost you, by the way, if you know? While I'm not qualified to give financial advice, I am definitely qualified to share the mistakes. <laughs> um, I will share, oh man, a doozy. I would say I did some calculations before this episode and uh, in the past five years I've done this, it would probably be more if I calculated it back through poor investing decisions and poor decisions with my finances. I'm about 200 and I'll say $220,000 down. And when you think about that compounded over time, just what a difference is, it really kind of hurts me. But I want to paint a picture here more than anything that I'm not perfect, right? I've tried things and made mistakes, but it's about being able to learn from it. And I'm hopeful people will learn from these mistakes of mine, these expensive ones, so they don't make the same. What about you, Grant? Got some mistakes on the board? Got some... (laughs) There were there was definitely some expensive trips to Europe. There were definitely some hotel rooms that I was like looking at going, oh yeah, this is good 24 hours spent and the per hour rate was definitely more than I wanted it to be. And then I look at it now, like years on going, ah, that could have turned into something really quite nice. So there's personal, what I see as personal mistakes for wealth generation, but also in investments where I've like renovated things that I probably didn't need to renovate because I felt like they looked pretty. <laughs> which now is just impacting me because I could have done better things with that money as well. Do you know, but, do you know what I find interesting? Just before we get into it, I, I really have to look at this. The ones that have cost me the most are when I've taken tips from people that are just completely like they're like, you know, barbecue tips, I think they call them. It's like everyone's talking about something at a barbecue and then you think that's a great idea. And it's like, oh, you're going to do that. And I'm like, that was not a good idea. That was like FOMO speculation. But that's not actually my main point here. I'm gonna, I've got a list. We've prepared a bit of a list where business owners go wrong in general. And I, I think there's some really great ones on here. So for the business owner specific ones, point number one, I think the number one mistake is that we don't understand that wealth creation is different if you're a business owner. I completely concur, right? Because as business owners, you think about what we do and what we have to deal with in comparison to an employee, 
for example, because that's the greatest comparison that we can have. An employee works for, whether it's government or a large corporation, they're going to be around forever. Their job's quite secure. The banks look at that with a favor and go, oh, yeah, cool. You're very reliable. I like this. Uh, they've got money going into super consistently. Like it is just this. And there's a reason why they call it the rat race, right? There is this, this consistency going on and on. But as a business owner, we don't get the same kind of treatment, right? We've got to worry about payroll. We've got to worry about expenses. What happens if a big client cancels? But on the flip side, we also have the ability to control our destiny, right? If we want to make a bit more money, we can sell something. Unlike an employee, they've got to kick and scream for six months before they can get some more cash, right? So it's completely different in both views of the camp. But for us, it's all about going, well, how can we utilize that? Yeah, completely. I'm so for that. I'm not going to say one's better or worse, but this is the point I want to drill home on this is that if you knew it was different, you'd play the game differently. If you're exactly. at a poker table and you think you have the same cards as everyone else, you're going to play like everyone else. But if you know your advantage, like you can absolutely do so much better. So being aware of that advantage and utilizing it is a big one. And it's actually funny because poker is the exact same thing. Less mistakes is actually how you win. <laughs> it's not about playing it right. So what do you think in your experience is like the f- biggest mistake that you see business owners apply to wealth creation? Yeah. So before we did this show and like I've been very obsessed with money in the last five years and wealth creation and like really wanting to understand it. The thing that I was always super curious about when speaking with business owners, and again, I think is a mistake, this is my opinion, is how many business owners just think their business is the strategy. So no, no, just focus on my business. My business is going to take care of me. Uh, Microsoft's going to buy me for millions or Accenture or whoever it is that buys companies these days. Um, don't have to worry about that. One of the kids is going to take it over. They'll be, you know, they've, got all, they've got this narrative that they haven't been working on or executing as a strategy that they believe will someday pay off and just to, too overly optimistic, right? Way too overly optimistic, eggs all in one basket. And I think that is a huge mistake. But to... Piggyback off that, a lot of business owners that I know that I've spoken to, as their business earns more, because it is their sole source of income, their spending increases, right? It's similar to employees who get a good pay bump. And so instead of buying clothes from like a Kmart, they'll start going like Hugo Boss, right? And so everything around them just increases. The house gets bigger, the car gets better, all of these things. And I see it the same with business owners, right? Where to your point, the business is the strategy, but the outcome is the sell, Right, it's like, great, this is going to be like my salary month on month on month. And then when I sell, that's the retirement plan. Mm, I'm going to come in on a couple of points here. I feel this is so important. All right, so first off, I'm just going to say Kodak, Blockbuster, Yellow Pages, <sighs> right? You know, world changes. But this is actually a personal one for me. Uh, when I was about 12 years old, uh, my father, who is a builder or carpenter, I should say, was unfortunately had a workplace accident and then was not able to work. Now, again, this is where I think my view of the world is very different than some people. If I hadn't had this experience, I maybe wouldn't be so passionate about this point. But he was never able to go back to uh, doing frames and building in the same way. And because of that, my optimism towards just focus on your business, everything's going to be okay, just seems to be way too risky. And, you know, we're an optimistic bunch, business owners, but diversification or uh, having things out of it doesn't mean you can't still be an optimistic business owner. It just prepares you to take care of your loved ones should things change. Yeah. So when you, when you looked at your business going, okay, well, this is the sole source of income. I know you said like you started looking at money quite differently for like five years ago. Uh, what did you shift in that? 
right? So as a mistake, you go, cool, this is a big mistake. Uh, how did you shift that just very quickly? All right, so I'll tell you what made me hit the panic button in a big way. Uh, so Bianca, my wife, was pregnant uh, at this time and then Facebook uh, kind of had an absolute fit on the ad side of things. So my business at that point or the clients we work with, very dependent on uh, Facebook ads. I've got a bun in the oven and I'm like, holy smokes, this one platform, Facebook, if it changes or goes or the government takes them down for what they do in new elections or wh- whatever it is, like I'm screwed. I'm actually screwed. And I didn't perceive I had that much of a risk sitting in there. And not only that, when I was earning money, much to the point I was reinvesting in staff and team and tools to grow. And I was like, I- I've got to kind of think about this very, very differently uh, in that example when I went hard. I was already diversified a little bit at that point, but that's when I really turned it up and said, all right, I've got to be able to create a income at the equivalent of what I do here so that my family will be looked after regardless what these social platforms do. And I think if you have an internet business and you think you can just keep chugging along, I have been through enough like complete market shifts and changing of software and companies coming and going that I just think that is so super high risk. Yeah, and I've been through that myself like my first digital agency it was just it got flooded by cheaper offshore people and i just got i need to get out of this but also on the on the flip side for me like the one of the previous companies that i was heavily invested in it was always about the exit but the exit was like this like finite sort of point in time that's in the future it could be one year it could be 10 years it could be 50 years it could not happen right and so it's like well how am i going to play this one of the, it's interesting, one of the points that I sort of hold really true to me, which I see is another mistake, is the education, right? So we're in Australia, we're business owners, we know it's different. So when I go and pick up investment books, that's like, hey, this is how you can compare investments. I see people with super bias, right? Like, is it a property book? Why are you going to tell me about property, <laughs> right? Is it someone who likes negatively gearing, positively gearing? Do they like developments? Do they like subdivisions? What do, what do they like? If I pick up a share book, okay, well, what what shares do they go? Like, what type of their strategy? If I pick up something around crypto or a podcast for all these examples, right? There's nothing really sort of going, oh, who cares which one it is? What's the best avenue? But then applying across the top of that, there's two more points I'm going to make. The first one is, they mostly come out of the states, right? Because the states have got ten times more population than us. <laughs> Fourteen, actually. Fourteen, right? Yeah. So, okay, well, great. Give me the Australian stuff. And then, then, as I'm a business owner, the thing that I spend most of my blood, sweat, and tears on is my business. So, ninety-nine percent of the information that I consume, the education that I consume, is business-related. Where am I going to cram in? <laughs> all of this education around wealth generation for me as a business owner. And there's just such a lack of it that doesn't have an ulterior motive or like a personal bias or something sitting in there that tailors to us, right? I agree with that so much. And for me, the obvious example is there's a few there, but the first one is I'll ask you this first and then I'll make that point. If you look back at all the education you've had, Grant, and you're going to put it into like, you know, just a percentage. How much of your education has been like business, right? Whether it's marketing, sales, HR, team, whatever it is versus investing. Like what's your ratio? Like, as- I, I can tell you now, I reckon it'd be 90% business, 9% like spiritual and like 1% <laughs> of wealth. Like it's like, it is like few and far between. And that that's probably like 12 months prior. Now it's very different, but yeah, it used to be. What, what was it for you? Uh, 
well, a few years back, it was probably like ninety nine percent everything else, and like maybe one percent uh, investing. But I was hugely biased towards being better at business. Like I, and even what I've spent on it, like I have spent a fortune getting uh, skilled and educated in business. And then I looked at what I was doing over here and I'm like, in the investing category I say there, and I was like, there's a huge imbalance in the education I'm putting myself through. I, I, I really noticed that. And funnily enough, this is the one where kind of your future depends on it. Probably not the one we probably want to least invest in, maybe. just maybe, I would suggest. So huge one point there is just like how it's like learning marketing or learning sales. Like it's a skill development you have to go down if you want to be good at it. And even if it's not to pick your own investments, being able to work with professionals and understand what they're doing is just a huge one. Second one, to your point, I'm still yet to find a book that goes, hey, if you're an Australian business owner, here is the options. Here are how they are all different and compare when they might be appropriate for you or not and what your life would need to look at to be comparable. This is huge, huge like again, using uh, examples is like if you're a government hospital and you're a surgeon, you can be confident your income is there for the next 30 years. You can take different risks. Exactly. You're an internet entrepreneur riding the waves. Probably want to take look at it a different way. You're married with kids and older versus younger. How much time you've got available? Like all these things start to play into it. And there is an incredibly poor job done by this industry in educating people on that in general, but particularly business owners. Yeah, and, and it's only come through that realisation, right? Like I, I've been to seminars of uh, shares and property and all these things, but it's only upon reflecting back at what we now know of going, okay, well, what pieces can I extract that applies to myself versus the pieces that I'm like, you know what, it's different for me and this is how I'm going to approach it, right? So it's once you've got that level of awareness, you can start going, yep, that's good, that's good, that's good. The rest, I now know where I'm going to go to get that information from. I want to use an analogy here to drive this one home is like marketing, right? So if you look at marketing, there's so many different opportunities. You can do like social posts, SEO, PPC, or paid paid advertising, TV ads, radio ads. Do you know what? They all work, all of them, except what's different is the business behind them and the stage they're at. Like I can't see Microsoft anytime soon uh, coming in and doing like, long story posts on Facebook or running Facebook ads like I see many uh, different businesses running today. I won't name names. But conversely, is like Microsoft just bought Blizzard um, and Activision. Like they bought the whole Call of Duty franchise. They're just acquiring it. Different strategy, different stage, different type. Like I think for a lot of business owners, they may not be aware how many of the things they're already doing and understand conceptually are translatable into this world again. So if you can look at that marketing difference, you can appreciate investing differences and going, right, well, this is different depending where I'm at. Exactly. And I love that analogy, that marketing analogy, because it's, it's, again, it comes back to the less mistakes, right? If if you try and apply a strategy that's designed for an employee and you're a business owner, like I've walked into the banks before. Banks that was me, like, by the way. <laughs> yeah, and, like, and banks are like, sorry, buddy, you ain't going to get a home loan. Like, and I'm like, but why? And I'm like, please just treat me like an employee. But that so, moving on to the next one, like what for you, what is another mistake that you've sort of come across and you're like, ah, man, I just I need to get this one off my chest? All right. So, this is hugely an opinion piece. I know people will, some individuals will push back on this. Some investment professionals will push back on this. I think they're wrong, but I'm still going to say my opinion. 
I think it is a huge mistake for business owners to go about investing in things that continually need their cash. So if you're going to buy a property in this example and that property is negatively geared, which we may talk about in another episode, it means that every month to keep that investment going, you're going to be pushing cash into it. Now, why I think that is a mistake is that if your business circumstance changes and suddenly you need that cash to keep your business afloat, that's where you get forced to sell assets or moved into a position where you can actually lose in a big way. So let's just look at this right now and go, example, you're doing this negative gearing strategy and then coronavirus come around unexpectedly, right? You're not going to do this on purpose, but the industry changes, the rules of the platforms change, whatever it is that happens, suddenly you've got no way of making income at the same level and you don't only lose your business, you now lose your investments. Yeah. Where I think Robert Kiyosaki made this point uh, excellently numerous times where it's like you want to be investing in a way as a business owner where it puts cash in your pocket, it accumulates. You can leave it alone in a way that it will grow in value and also produce cash flow rather than you need to continually pushing things into that. Now, you might be able to get better results with some certain negative gearing strategies in the overall scheme of things, but in my view, the risk just isn't worth it. Yeah, especially because in businesses, right, you have so many peaks and troughs, right? There will be a time when you lose a massive account or two or you would just have a slump. Like you, it might China not be shuts down and you can't get your product in. Right, Facebook changes the rules. Like, there's been so many of these. We're not making these up. You only have to look backwards to see when these have occurred. Exactly. And so, when you've got those pressures, right, which is where we have sleepless nights, and then you've got like this one eye open thinking about the property or the five properties, and you're like, oh man, how am I going to be able to pay for that negatively geared property? Because again, I'm am I playing a game to win or playing a game not to lose? I'm like, I'm going to get the tax benefits, but I only get that with all of these other outcomes. So, I really like this one because it's not just property. There are so many other investment strategies that have the same approach where you can get liquidated. Then you go, do I have enough reserves so I don't get liquidated, right? So, it it is one thing that as a business owner, you just need to understand the risk profile about all of these different strategies, right? So, and it comes back to that education piece. It's if I understand my situation and I can go, okay, cool, this is this is what I can play in and this is the realms and these are the things I have to consider, okay, now, now it makes complete sense. But I, I would be on your side of the fence as well. And I've done these mistakes too of going, oh, great, like this is what everyone said. This is, this is how the market suggests. Negative gear, get your expenses, go and get your tax benefits, all those kind of fun things. But I'm like, but what's the actual impact on the other side? And that's, that's all it is. It's just having the awareness. So I'm on your camp, even though people will probably tell me I'm wrong, uh, that my opinion is 100% I'm for the exact same thing. All right, well, I'm going to go to the next one on this list here. Um, I think one of the ones to recognize, just like I've just mentioned, you know, picking investments that don't continually need you to put, keep putting more money in. The second one is a little bit circumstantial, but I still think true and a mistake I made. Uh, one of the first investments I did was actually uh, a property subdivision or development. Now, why I mentioned this one so critically here is that we underestimated massively the time it would take for us to do that. So this isn't a set and forget passive strategy. This is something where if you do it, you're going to have to like deal with the council, deal with trades. You know, you're renovating and changing things. You're splitting a property. There's a whole bunch of stuff that has to happen in order to execute that well. 
we were massively unaware of that and our expectations it was it would be easier and anyone who's had to deal with their local council will uh, <laughs> em- empathise with my situation there. But I would look at it and say a huge mistake is picking investment strategies that don't match the time availability you have. It's yeah. something where you look at it and go, if you've got a couple of days a week free or one day a week free where you can be active, maybe this is a great thing for you. But if you're busy running your business and you're like, I need to focus here, this is where I make my money, then picking investment uh, strategies or tactics that don't align with that is a huge mistake and it's probably going to burn you out and you'll start dropping balls everywhere, as we did, unfortunately. Came good. I'm happy with it, but... It actually did go really good. And I've, I've done the same with renovations, right? Going, ah, we'll just pick this one up and we've just got to fix the roof and we've just got to fix the downstairs. We're just going to replace that bathroom and all this stuff. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the project management on that just to push people to get stuff done. And it's like, oh, wait, 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 is- great. Were you expecting other business owners to think and act and be like you? Wait, no. They care about me and me making money before themselves like this is this is how it should be yeah but but i'm gonna, I'm gonna push this one a bit further because uh, the way that i know you and i always articulate this when we talk about it it's like passive versus active right so investments are never completely hands-off very rarely like th- there's always an element of something that you have to do and so to your point like it's not just a once-off depending on the strategy you go for Right. So, yes, a subdivision could be hell for three months, six months, nine months, 12 months. But after that, it's probably a lot more hands off. Like once it's done, it's okay, cool. Now, my weekly time and effort I have to invest in this is X. However, there are other strategies. Like I know business owners are like, you know what? I'm going straight into crypto and I'm going to be doing a day trading crypto. Right. And okay, well, how much time are you spending on that? Okay, I'm going to have to dedicate two to three hours a day. And you go, okay. Is your business going to be able to support that? I Is that a sustainable? Because that is, you don't stop. And so I see it in two parts. It's what does it take up front? But then what does it take to maintain? Totally. Ca- can it scale? Right? So great. If, you, if you're doing two hours a day of day trading on shares or stock market or whatever it is, and you're going, great, as I scale, how much more time do you need? Does that two turn into a four? Does that four turn into a six? And now does your business not exist? And now are you just a share trader? Right? So seeing not just what it takes today, not just what it takes each week or each day progressively, but well, as it grows and as your wealth increases, is it going to suck you more in? Right? And can your business support that? It's a really important one. There's nothing wrong with being a day trader, right? Or doing developments. But I look at it and go, you'd want to intentionally do it, not fall into it and then have your business be the sacrificial lamb in those other things, which I think occurs a lot. But I'll jump into the next one because I I think this is, uh, it ties in nicely with what we're suggesting here is tactical investing versus strategical investing. It took mine. Yes. I I wanted to. Do it. Do it. (laughs) Okay, so uh, at the start of this episode, we mentioned like taking a tip from someone at a barbecue. And again, I have to say I've done this and I'm not proud of it. (laughs) I got a great story. So it's like uh, taking advice on the idea of a tactic without any situational awareness is a a huge mistake. But I'm going to layer that one up is that if you're just randomly picking investments without understanding what you're trying to achieve, you've got no way to measure if it's like actually helping you or not. And I had this attitude personally that was like, I just want the the most amount of accumulation. Like I'm going for maximum net worth. 
And then I had this idea, well, that still has a number, right? Like what's what's the number that's going to support you? And I'm happy to share mine. Is like I just want my passive income to be above what I earn in business so that if my business ever stops or anything ever happens, my family is taken care of. And that was the goal shift I had strategically and I pick investments for that. But if you're just grabbing houses or crypto or shares or whatever it is because you're just trying to accumulate, you inevitably end up in a situation where you have probably picked things that don't align to the strategy you really have. And it can be tax implications, cash implications, a ton of things. But share this story. I want to hear this story. <laughs> so outside of me owning some crypto and some shares based off rates going, just get this one. <laughs> going back a decade. So it's going, Wait, it's going to the moon, bro. It's going to the moon. Go to the moon. Go to the moon. <laughs> so I, I still remember that I was, I was at a party with a couple of friends of mine and a mate of mine was like, all right, there's this amazing resources company. Like, I reckon they're going to essentially strike gold. They're, I think they were looking for like oil or something like that. Um, oh, I just want to make sure I get this. You you literally, it's a gold company. I did learn. No, it's like, yeah, it's like liquid gold. It's like oil or something like that. <laughs> and, and they're like, just put in a couple of grand. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'll put in a couple of grand. And um, I still own the shares to this day. And it's like 200 bucks. Because <laughs> I just can't, I can't sell it. What am I going to do? Sell it? And like, just, I'm just like holding on to the remnants of this company, and I'm just like, oh, that's the longest hold strategy ever. But that, and I actually think I keep it there as a way just to remind myself not to invest based on other people's advice. Like, it's like, okay, cool, get this, and I got it, and I'm like, yep, well, that just dropped by ninety percent value. Thank you, and it's done nothing for a decade. This is thing, right? This is. I must say that um, I've brought awareness to this in my youth. It definitely was something that was more present for me. There's this general consensus amongst business owners that if you run a successful business that you understand business, therefore, well, of course I can pick shares or, you know, I've worked this out. Like I'm, I have a, this level of knowledge and smarts, like, well, surely, and especially dangerous if you get a couple of winners early and it inserts that confidence cycle but I would say hugely, again, business owners have this optimism around their smarts and skill sets and all the rest where they're ripe for things like that. So we have to be very, very careful on those tips and FOMO and beliefs. Yeah, but I also think it comes down to like the way that we operate our business, right? So a lot of the times we get advice from people, have you tried this marketing strategy? Have you tried this in sales? Have you done this in your product? And like we listen to our customers and we implement what that is. So it's kind of ingrained in us to go, okay, cool. Everyone else has got our best interests at hand and let's go for that, right? But we're also high risk, high reward, right? So we love living life on the edge. <laughs> so it's like, so I'm like, I trust my friends and my family, right? So great. They would never steer me wrong. Just like my customers would tell me what they don't like and what they do like and what they want, et cetera. So, okay, cool. So I'm, I'm going to bring that into my investments and I'm going to listen to them. But then I'm looking for the high risk, high reward. So they're like, oh man, just give it like six months. And it's like, it's going to go to the moon. And then like, we'll all sell. And you're like, hey, cool, 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 cool. Where you win, I win, you lose, kind of we lose kind of thing. And so I think it's almost like the way that we run our business is doing us a bit of a disservice here. Because it's like, oh, no way. Um, I'm going to piggyback off this point and continue on to a completely different note though. I think personally, and from my personal experience, so I've prioritized throwing my cash back into my business for growth as opposed to extracting it and using that to build my wealth. And so I look at this, going back to the, sort of the point that we mentioned before around, okay, well, this is the source of income. 
I, I just don't think too many people extract that profit themselves. I don't think there's a number. I think a lot of them, and from my experience especially, I look at what I take out as a salary. Okay, each month I will take X. I don't look at it as a, well, what is the next thing I need to buy in my wealth creation as the goal, right? Like it's almost like the business is the goal. And I, I, I reckon it's a completely different approach than just a, a, this salary or the approach and using it as this profit extraction. It's like, oh, okay, well, I, I just think I'm the last to eat. Everyone else is first, I'm the last, and that's what I have to do as a business owner. I'm going to be self, the sacrificial lamb, if you will, as opposed to, well, what I need is probably more important than everybody else. And have you had this in business? Like, I know you're really good at this, but has, was that always the case? Like, is that just you being you? I probably sit in a unique position and I'll express why my, my lovely uh, wife and partner, Bianca, who is also an accountant and has been a bookkeeper, like we've seen things differently than most and heard things differently than most. And like I, she's shared not anyone's personal details, but just the things she's seen and uh, all the rest. Not to mention my upbringing. I mentioned my dad before about what happened to him. I would say that I have been aware of this at a different level than most and probably why I've been so eager to succeed here. But in a general consensus, looping back into this, if business owners just think their business is going to take care of them, I don't think you're ever going to have the aha moment of like, hey, I can extract profit and put it over here or, hey, my investments have done well. It's producing cash. I could use that to grow my business. Like there's this whole magical game that can be played where your investing strategy and your business can actually work in tandem, um, right? They can be something far superior than just having one. So in my own case now, I mentioned that I've got a cash, cash flow positive whole portfolio. That cash can be used to cover my lifestyle or it could be used to cover wages. It could be used to hire staff or invest in marketing. And I very much do think about that now, but it's only at this stage of the journey. It's not something I would have had the epiphany on earlier on without brings, uh, without getting to this stage. And it is interesting. The thing that was for me was when Hazel, my wife and I, we changed accountants and we walked into the accountant and we said, okay, that you have one job. You got the businesses. Oh, wait, keep me out of jail. Keep me out of jail. Yeah. You <laughs> That's all your job is. So it's, uh, essentially the outcome was our wealth creation is it. I said, you have the businesses as, as, as entities you have the assets as entities. All you need to do is make sure it all comes back together in one thing, which is increasing our wealth, right? But then it had this epiphany in my head, which was, huh, do I have quarterly goals for my personal wealth, similar to I do in the business? And well, what is, uh, what do I require in order to achieve those wealth goals, Right, so I know that you said, "Well, I need to looking to replace my in, my business income uh, from assets." And I go, "Okay, well, what does that look like for the next three months? What does that look like for the next twelve months?" And there was one thing that I just never did. It was always like, "Ah, oh, let's go get another house," or "Oh, let's go and do this, uh, put X amount in crypto." But it was not to this greater strategy. And that was the pivot point for me, which was having that team behind me. I'm just like, "You got one job," <laughs> and then it's on me to execute to it. And so now I look at it going, well, how do I get the profits out of the business so I can push and hit that goal as opposed to, ah, I get X per month and that's kind of going to be how fast I can get there. It's like, no, 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 how do I sell? How do I earn to hit that faster and harder? 
Yeah, it's such a huge one. I just can only imagine our accountant's face when you said that to him, by the way. You think you'd have to be the only person that's ever said that to him. Because <laughs> everything else is a vehicle to me. It is just, there is your one job, my wife and I, and the future children, personal wealth increase. That's I, If you don't pay me from here and you pay me from here and that means I win, great. If you pay me from here and not from here and I win, great. <laughs> I don't care. One job. That's another great example of like tactical focus versus strategical focus. I like that a lot. Yeah. So to wrap up, like we've we've covered a lot <laughs> of mistakes that we've gone through. People probably fall off their chair going, damn, you guys have wasted a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of effort. One of like one of the biggest things that I took away uh, from what you've shared was sort of the options and how people have these so many options. They sort of look at what their business provides as if it's not that they think of it like an employee, but they don't sort of sit above it, right? Because no one's told them about it. It's like, it's, there's no one sitting there saying, guys, you're a business owner, you're different. Like, guys, you need to think differently about this. What is your strategy? Because square peg, round hole, it doesn't all work. You're not an employee. You don't have this great job stability and banks don't love you as much. Like, that was like one of my biggest ones. I'm just like, ah, oh, that's such a big mistake. And it's a foundational one. So, like, what about you? What were some of the biggest things that you've taken away? I think the reinforcement of just how different we are and the advantages we have. Like, it's a huge one. It's such a huge one here. Now, I will also mention at this point as well, if you if people have made it to this point in the episode, I hope they're still tuned in, Grant, um, <laughs> and they want us to well, just let them know we are going to go deeper on many of these topics we've kind of hinted at in future episodes and even bring our accountant on to talk about some of these as well. He's already teed up. But if you do have questions or there's anything else you would like us to discuss on this podcast and hear our thoughts and our opinions, and I will emphasize we are not qualified financial experts in any way, shape or form. We just want to share what we've done and how we think about it so you can go further on your investment journey and wealth journey and business journey and all of it. But just do better in life. Work with professionals. I completely agree. And what we do is we build some guides and tools that we use in our journey and we find them extremely valuable and we put them up on assetblocks.com.au. So feel free to go over there, download anything you need, access whatever you need. And if there's something that we're missing, feel free to shoot us a note, right? We're always here to create more and help anyone out that we can. So if you do enjoy the content we're creating, feel free to subscribe to this podcast. But also, if you know another Australian business owner that might be in situations that you're like, oh, wow, that kind of relates to a story that my friend was telling me about, flick him over the episode and help them out or her the episode and help them out. And thanks again for joining us on the episode. And we'll see you next time on Asset Blocks Business Owner Edition. <laughs>